Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together for Wednesday, February the 10th. Wednesday, February the 10th. Today, as we continue reading through the book of Luke, we're going to be in Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56. Um, Hi, I'm Trevor. Here with you today for Luke 8, 40 through 56 in a passage that... um, a wonderful passage, uh, yet a little bit confusing about uh, Jesus. So let's get into it now. Starting in verse 40 in Luke chapter 8, when Jesus returned, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Just then, a man named Jairus came. He was a leader of the synagogue. He fell down at Jesus' feet and pleaded with him to come to his house because he had an only daughter about 12 years old and she was dying. While he was going, the crowds were nearly crushing him. A woman suffering from bleeding for 12 years, who had spent all she had on doctors and yet could not be healed by any, approached from behind and touched the end of his robe. Instantly, her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds are hemming hemming you in and pressing against you. Someone did touch me, said Jesus. I know that power has gone out from me. When the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the synagogue leader's house and said, your daughter's dead. Don't bother the teacher anymore. When Jesus heard it, he answered him, Don't be afraid, only believe, and she will be saved. After he came to the house, he let no one enter with him except Peter, John, and James, and the child's father and mother. Everyone was crying and mourning for her. But he said, Stop crying, because she is not dead, but asleep. They laughed at him, because they knew she was dead. So he took her by the hand and called out, Child, get up. Her spirit returned. And she got up at once. Then he gave orders that she be given something to eat. Her parents were astounded, but he instructed them to tell no one what had happened. That is the word of the Lord from Luke chapter 8, verse 40. So we're going to go through this passage now and um, see how uh, what this calls us to pray and do together as a church. Um, there are... Uh, there are a couple of things that I notice in this passage. Um, I actually preached this passage from Mark uh, when we were going through the Mark series together, and uh, I was able to look back on it when we came across it in our Bible reading to sort of get a, a, a refresher of what's happening here. So I want to point out a couple of those things that I find just particularly beautiful about this passage. Um, first is um, you have this, this, it occurs this way in Mark 2, where there is this very powerful um, synagogue leader, Jairus, and this uh, contrasted with this incredibly, um, incredibly weak and ostracized individual in this woman who has the issue of blood. So just to sum up, a woman who has been um, bleeding, uh, this is likely um, some kind of ongoing period. It's likely related to um, 
her womanhood to her cycle. She's been bleeding continuously for 12 years. This would absolutely ostracize her from her community. Um, she would be um, she would not be allowed in the temple, so she would be sort of cut off from the religious community and is just perpetually unclean. Now, that's not unclean. When the Scripture talks about being unclean, it's not unclean necessarily in an immoral sense. It's unclean in a ceremonial sense. Um, so it's not, a, it's not a moral category. But it is important to note that um, this woman not only suffers from a chronic um, a physical malady, she also suffers from a chronic emotional uh, malady. Um, she is alone. Um, additionally, something that we learn from her is that in this touching, in this reaching out and the touching of the hem of Jesus' garment, um, likely this is a um, uh, likely this is a reference to an Old Testament prophecy. Um, that says about the Messiah that there will be um, that people will find healing in his wings. The wings refer uh, this is from Malachi uh, four two. The Son of Righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. So um, likely there is something about this one where she's taking a chance on sort of this Old Testament prophecy about a Messiah reaching out and going, uh, this would be known, the hymn would be known as the wing of the garment. Um, and so she's, she's just going all in, taking this bet on Jesus. Maybe if I touch his garment, I will find healing. Um, another thing that this passage point out uh, is that this woman has spent all of her money on doctors. She is absolutely at the end of her rope. She is ostracized. She is lonely. She is out of money. Um, so uh, charlatans, doctors who had promised her healing had failed her. And yet here she returns or, or comes to Jesus and, and sort of doesn't want to bother him because of her low social status. So if I can just reach out through this crowd and get an arm and touch his garment, I'm just going to put all I have on this biblical text and promise of this Messiah, which may or may not have been interpreted rightly by her. But the point is, is that there is something in her faith that triggers this almost um, reflexive response. Notice that Jesus says, I know the power went out of me. And so it's not as Jesus thought through it. It's just this reflexive response to this faith. What a beautiful thing that God has a reflexive response to our simple faith to lean into him for healing. Okay, so that's the picture of the woman. Now you get the picture of Jairus, who is a synagogue leader, and he has his own sense of uncleanness happening um, as his daughter is sick and eventually will be dead, which um, you, you can't touch a dead person. It also will make you unclean. Notice, though, what happens in this text where this desperate synagogue ruler, so religiously at the top of his game, and this woman who has been ostracized from the temple for her uncleanness, notice that Jesus detours and stops from Jairus' uh, request to do something after this woman is healed. In other words, it's not just the pragmatism of um, oh, Jesus is going to heal this woman. It's now I want to have a conversation about it. And he challenges her because this is a woman who does not want to be noticed, right? She, she does not want to be lifted up. She, she is not interested in everybody looking at her and hearing her story, but that's what Jesus does. He pushes pause on going to Jairus's daughter. He stops 
And he looks at this woman and he calls her out until she has to come forward and tell her story. No doubt, extremely uncomfortable for her. And then Jairus gets the news. Your daughter is dead. Don't trouble the teacher anymore. In other words, there's one reason that you came to Jesus. And that reason, as, as, uh, as uh, this servant comes and reports, he assumes there is one reason you came to Jesus. And that is to use him for his healing power. And yet, and yet, so Jesus puts out of order, I'm going to stop and I'm going to give this woman attention as an image bearer of God as I heal her. I'm going to get her to tell her story while Jairus has got to be like, you know, tapping his toes. Come on. Okay, that's fine. It's all nice and good that you've healed this woman. Let's go. She got what she needs. Let's move on to my needs. Now, Jairus does not make Uh, We don't get that in the text from him, but no doubt that that is a difficult place for a father to be in. Come on, this is urgent. And then the confirmation that he has indeed seemingly lost his daughter. And then yet Jesus goes, and this laughing that happens at the end where Jesus says she's just asleep, you know, it's not like, ha-ha, that's funny. I mean, I, I am sure in it there is some cynicism there is some where do you even get off, you know, kind of attitude. Why, like, why else would someone laugh? It's very similar to the way that um, Abraham's wife Sarah laughs early on in the biblical text when they come and report to her that she's going to have a baby. It is. It's not a laughing of what a funny joke or laughing of boy, I sure do enjoy this. It's a laughing of why would you press into my pain? Um, you know, when someone says at 100 years old, you're going to have a kid, it's painful for them to joke that way. So I, why, why would you press into my pain with such a silly statement? Why would you give me such false hope? And then Jesus makes it happen. Okay, one more thing to note here, and then we'll get to what is this passage calling us to do. Note that with both, you have two unclean people. Um, the woman who is unclean because of her... Um, ongoing discharge that has lasted for 12 years, one that is unclean because of her death, who is a 12-year-old girl. So we get some parallel in these two, just literarily in these two stories, unclean, unclean, 12 years, 12 years. And then look look at the way Jesus addresses both of them. The first one, uh, to the woman bleeding who he heals, he calls her daughter. He calls her daughter, which is, you know, always brings up to me the Pearl Jam song. Don't call me daughter, not fair to, if you enjoy 90s grunge. Um, He calls her daughter. It is a term of endearment for a woman who is lonely and ostracized and put out for someone to recognize her humanity, to lift her up, to say, come tell your story. Daughter, you are healed. Like what a, what a magnificent point of love. What a magnificent point of seeing her circum Jesus seeing her circumstance and with his words giving life, not only giving life through the reflexive power of his healing, but also through the thoughtfulness of his words. And then what he says to the little girl, child, to to a dead little girl, unclean child. Um, this is the um it's in Mark you get the the Aramaic there, which is Talitha Kum. And um, that word Talitha, um, child, little girl, it would be equivalent to us, um, to a, a dad, to his daughter saying, honey, honey, wake up, you know, as he wakes her from sleep. It's, a, it's another term of endearment. It's just 
hearing this come off of Jesus, this compassion, this I'm not just here to get things done. I'm here to connect with you on a relational level. Those are the things, that's that's some of the highlighting and explanation, okay, apply, what are we going, what are we called to do with this? Well, no doubt, whenever, especially in the Gospels, when we're reading the Gospels and we're reading about Jesus, um, there, is, there are um, sort of two applications, I think, that, that we should generally make from the stories about Jesus. One is what I can't do, what only Jesus can do for me. And two is the application of, and now I am following in Jesus' footsteps. I'm setting, um, he, you know, he set an example for me to follow, gives me his Holy Spirit to be like him. So the, what I can't do that Jesus does is Jesus raises from the dead. Jesus heals when no one else can. Jesus, um, uh, this is certainly a prediction of of what resurrection looks like, something only Jesus can do. So when I, when I read this passage, I am reminded afresh of my need to say there are impossible circumstances, namely death, namely the condemnation that I suffer for my sin, that only Jesus can say to me, son, your faith has made you whole. Son, honey, rise up be resurrected with me. Jesus's death and resurrection in my place is the way that he can say to me, son, your faith has made you well. Um, And indeed, it is our faith that made us well. It is not our perfect theology. As you know, maybe this woman misinterpreted Malachi 4.2. Who knows? Like it's, you know, it's, it's kind of a sort of theological legend in her day, Malachi 4.2, reaching out and touching him. She was taking a chance though to say, I am going to come out of my shell, put myself amongst these people that might condemn me and reach out because I believe that one, that one right there is of God, can heal me. And that's what we're called to in faith and the way that Jesus is just his reflexiveness towards honoring our faith. That's what God does. And I want that kind of faith in Jesus, that kind of desperation to not forget that I am a sinner condemned for my sin, except for Jesus. I need that. I need that. And uh, again, also Jesus is relating to us like God is not cold and impersonal. He is very personal, very relational. He sees me in my suffering. He calls daughter. He calls child. He calls son. He calls mine. And he pauses to interact with me. Um, another uh, now, now for following Jesus, that's what Jesus can do. That's what, that's what Jesus does that I can't do. Um, there's a middle ground here for me. That's that there's something about patience. Think of Jairus waiting, having to wait on Jesus. Think of this woman. Oh man, Jesus calls her out when she doesn't want to be called out of the garden. She wants to get her healing and go. And yet Jesus pauses and presses her into something uncomfortable. Jesus pauses Jairus and presses him into something uncomfortable. He has got to have a greater degree of faith as he believes Jesus for resurrection. Likewise, God is going to call me, 
you, us, his church, his people, to pause, to wait on him, to deepen that relationship, to deepen our dependence and trust. And sometimes it seems as if God should answer us now, and yet he calls us to wait. Hold up, Jairus. I've got to talk to this woman. Hold on, lady. You're not going to get out of here that quick. I want you to come up. You have a story to share, even though it is it's scary to do. And the third and final thing in, in the application realm is this. We are called to be like Christ. He gives us his Holy Spirit as a result of our faith in him. And like Christ, I need to be willing to pause. Like Christ, I need to be willing to divert my attention to the least of these. I, I can't say um, only to the synagogue rulers that ask for my help. Yes, I'll give it to you because there's a greater return on my investment. You are more influential. No, actually, Jesus gives preference to the most down and out here as he turns aside and he pauses Jairus in order to heal and then talk to and dignify this daughter in front of others. Um, so, likewise, I want to apply this by making sure that my attention is not simply on those at the top of the social food chain, but my attention is also to those who are low, who are desperate, who are lonely. And that just is increasingly difficult, increasingly difficult when my schedule fills up um, and when I, am, uh, when I am simply tempted by power and influence. Um, and so that is the direction that we want to pray today in those three ways. And so let's be silent together as we prepare to respond in prayer to this passage. Our Father, thank you for being a God who says, daughter, honey, child, wake up. You're healed. Thank you for being a God who sees us even when we are unseen by everyone else. Thank you for being a God who engages us even in our loneliness where we want to retract and not be seen. Thank you that you are a God who humbles us when our agenda seems most important and yet you pause, make us wait, and seemingly something is dying even though you only see it as asleep. Thank you for saving us from death. And Father, now we ask that you would make us a patient people willing to wait on you. Make us a patient people in our suffering because we know that endurance produces character and character hope and hope will not let us down because it is hope and the Messiah, the one who has healing in his wings. And Father, also, not only make us patient with you and with others, God, help us open our eyes to see those who are overlooked, who are hurting, who need simply the dignification of their humanity, a daughter, a child. I was to follow Jesus in those ways, and by your Holy Spirit, will you display the beautiful good news that you see us and you answer, you heal ultimately. Make that known in our city through our church. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Spirit. Amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.